Hey, everyone. I am Nick. And I'm Russ. And if you're looking for a podcast about current events that's well-informed, highly educated, and safe to share with your whole family, that's not us. Nope, it's not. But here at the Nick and Russ Don't Know Anything podcast, we have an opinion about everything and don't mind sharing it. That we do. New episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. Check us out at nickandrust.com. And find us on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more, including YouTube. Thank you, and I love you all. Mwah! Some of the topics discussed on Blackbird, an advocacy podcast, are difficult to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 20. We finally made it. Oh, yeah. Whoa, hey, that's right. This is 20 now. This is 20. Oh, nice round number. Right? It's cool. It's exciting. I'm excited. Yay, 20. Can you hear it? <laughs> Yay, 20. No, that's cool, though. It's a lot. Yes. Yeah, I'm excited about it. It's a lot of uh, a lot of effort. A lot has gone into this. Yes. And today's episode is part two of the Lavina Johnson story. So it's, you know, kind of a major episode to be doing for 20. And uh, a lot more is going to be coming out to let you guys know... Or make a decision on your own whether or not you believe this was a suicide. If you haven't listened to episode 19, which was part one, which was last week's episode, please do that first. Because we talked about a lot of evidence leading up to the point that we are right now. So we'll just get into it. Let's get into it. Sweet. All right. So we told you last week that in 2005, Levina Johnson was found dead of what the army medical examiner said was suicide via intraoral gunshot wound to the head. So that means that she put a gun inside her mouth and shot. We looked at evidence, photos, did not see any evidence that that indeed happened. It was claimed that she used her M16 to do that. And we discussed a lot of different reasons why we do not believe that was indeed what happened to her. So now we get into more. So a commander who gave a statement in this investigative report said that he was supposed to see Lavina the night before she was found in the tent to prepare for an upcoming physical fitness test, but she failed to show up. He said this was completely out of character for her. So when he went to check on her at her room, he knocked on the door and there was no answer. So now she was found at approximately 1.30 a.m. on July 19th. And the commander was supposed to see her on 8 p.m. the night before and went to her room around 9.15 p.m. So she was already missing the night before. The witness who says he heard the gunshot and saw her was around this 1.30 a.m. time. So what happened between that 8 p.m. and the time she was found? Mm -hmm. We don't know. Right. 
So that's another piece that is completely just gone from this entire timeline. Which, that timeline is incredibly important to this case. What was she doing in that time frame? Was she with somebody? Was she alone? Was she crying? Was she seen to be upset? We don't know any of this. But that's important information to know leading up to a potential suicide. What was she doing in the hours prior? So why was she missing at 8 o'clock? Yeah, I mean, it speaks to her state of mind, which is obviously super important in this case because, as we said last week, uh, you know, she seemed to be of completely sound mind. And so to go from that to committing suicide, there has to be a major mental state change. Correct. Yeah. So it's it's incredibly important to know the hours leading up to uh, a murder, suicide, anything. Yeah. Because that's that's really like the crux of it. Of what's, what's going on in someone's head at that time. Why did this happen? These pieces of information are not even the most damning evidence that this was not a suicide. According to Lavina's autopsy report, there were signs of possible foul play found on Lavina's body. And this is where the real investigation by Lavina's father begins. Seeing his daughter battered and bruised was not what he expected at the funeral home. And this is why we are covering this story. Lavina was said to have committed suicide, but overwhelming evidence points in a completely different direction. According to Lavina's autopsy report, she had a broken nose, a black eye, loose teeth, corrosive burns on her genitals and what many believe to be a gunshot wound inconsistent with suicide. Holy crap. That's a lot. That's a completely different story. Yes. And many also believe that the burns to her genitals were made to cover DNA evidence from a possible sexual assault. Her father believes the report substantiates that Lavina was raped beaten, shot, set on fire, and dumped in the tent. Wow. That's, that's, wow, that's a completely different story now. Holy crap. Yeah. Though Lavina's body was found on her back at the scene, lividity showed pooling to the left side of her body, and burns were evident on the right side of her body. Her nose appeared to be broken and pushed inward towards the left, and there was an imprint above her left eye that appeared to be that of a bullet, which the medical examiner described as an exit wound. She was also found to have had bite marks on her body, scratches to her torso, as well as a broken neck. Holy freaking crap. However, according to attorney Donald Watkins, none of this was reported in the military autopsy report, but was evident in photographs and x-rays from a post-exhumation autopsy. Jeez. So in 2007, 
her father ordered to get her exhumed and to have another autopsy performed because he does not believe anything that the military was telling him. And all of this was found out then. That's crazy. Her neck was broken. So clearly she's not going to perform this crazy uh, circus act. What do you call it? Contortion. Clearly she's not going to perform this crazy contortionist act with her M16 to shoot herself if her freaking neck is broken. And they found this impression over her left eye that the original medical examiner claimed was a an exit wound. Now, if she shoot exactly Dan's face right now is exactly what I'm no. a- about to say. If she's shooting in her mouth, there is no way that trajectory of that bullet is coming out the front of her face. Some kind of magic bullet. Right. <laughs> That's coming out the back of her face, her, her head, the back of her head, or the top of her head. Right. That is not coming out over her eye. And there's no possibility of deflection because the vast majority of the inside of your head is soft tissue. Correct. And even if this bullet somehow hits your skull and bounces around, which it's not going to. I mean, a full power issue M16 is like... It's going to blast your head off. It's well over 2,000 feet per second of muzzle velocity. It's it's not deflecting. It's going straight out. Right. So that's literally impossible, like, as per physics. So, as mentioned, she was covered in bruises and burns. But what did you notice about that crime scene photo of her? There were no bruises or burns. She was fully clothed. Oh, good point. She was fully clothed. Did you see any burn marks on her clothing? No. How did she sustain these bruises? How did she sustain these burns? How did she sustain the burns, for sure. And then have clothing on her? Right. Did someone burn her and then dress her? I I guess so, in their mind. That's like, hey, that covers it up. Like, I, I don't know how you could be so stupid. Was she naked at the time that she was found? Well, yeah. And the cover-up is partly that the military came in before they took the, the crime scene photos and clothed her. Oh, yeah. No, I get it. I get what you're getting at. Right. But, like, you know, it's funny because I want to say, like, how could you be so dumb as to think that you're going to cover all this stuff up physically? Like, oh, no one will see it if I just kick it under the rug. But apparently it worked because the official investigation somehow determined that was a suicide. That's ridiculous. That's crazy. And her father believes that they poured lye in her vagina to cover possible DNA evidence. Right. So she was potentially sexually assaulted. Well, yeah. I mean, there's no real reason. I mean, unless you're just torturing someone. There's no real reason that you would do that otherwise. Right. Which is why we're covering this. Jeez, dude, that's fucking crazy. So she very well could have been sexually assaulted by someone high up, possibly in her command, we don't know. Right. And then maybe was going to tell. Oh, well, obviously. And this they is had the to kind eliminate of thing you her. just shrug off. Right. Holy crap, man. Yeah. Wow. So furthermore, 
there were bloody footprints outside the tent. And when searching for latent prints on any and all objects in the crime scene, Lavina's fingerprints were not found on any of the items, including the aerosol can and her own gun. That's weird. Because it would have had fingerprints on it from her regular use. However, if someone else took it from her and used it and then wiped it down, that would eliminate all the fingerprints. Right. And a huge piece of evidence, according to Watkins, is that the serial number on the M16 found at the scene was 7095028. But military records show that Lavina's military-issued M16 bore the serial number 7095028. Seven zero six nine. So the M sixteen that they found at the scene was a different gun. Was not her military issued M sixteen. Which is crazy. Which is funny because when you were showing me the pictures last time, and I saw the picture of the crime scene, and I looked at that M sixteen next to the stretcher. I was thinking in my head, I was going to say, oh, okay, I see how that's a shorter, that has a shorter forend on it than the original picture, so it's just me, I'm seeing things. But now that you're pointing that out, it's obvious that there are two different guns than the one, the one in the crime scene picture versus the one that she took of her, or the picture of her holding her rifle when she was alive is clearly a different rifle. It clearly has a different forend and a different barrel on it. The one in the the one that's sitting next to the stretcher has more of a standard length forend, and the barrel only protrudes a few inches, which is a standard length. In fact, I'm trying to think now. I don't have the pictures up still. If the if the if the front sight was even a different front sight, it was clearly a different gun. You're right. I should have said something. I was thinking it, <laughs> but I just thought that that was me being silly and looking at the picture and thinking, "Oh, okay, I'm just seeing it differently." Nope, yeah, it was clearly a different gun. Yep, You're right. Yep. That's crazy. And no records report anyone having been issued the M16 that was actually found at the scene. (sighs) Convenient. Right? And although they found the bullet casing at the scene from what they believe was the shot that killed Lavina, no actual bullet was ever recovered from the scene, nor from her body. Okay, that's like the single most important piece of evidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I guess I guess they wanted to... Reco- well, I don't know. They recovered the bullet to prevent ballistics analysis being done on it, or they just never recovered the bullet. But, like, you'd think that would be pretty important to recover that during the investigation. The exit slash entrance wound... Above her left eye that I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. While the military claims it was an exit wound from the M16. It was an M9, right? It is more consistent with a 9mm pistol shot fired at close range. Yeah, an M9. Otherwise, in the civilian market, it's a Beretta 92FS, the gun from Cuffs. Uh, The military standard is M9. It's a 9mm pistol, typically carried by officers. So... In 
my opinion, she did not put an M16 in her mouth and shoot herself. And end up with somehow a 9mm exit wound. Someone approached her and put a an M9 right. to her head and shot her. And that's why the bullet has never been recovered, because it's from a different firearm, right. and they're trying to cover that up. Right, and you don't even have to do ballistics on that. Like, you can just look at it and say, that's not that's not a 5.56. Five, nope, that's a much different bullet. <laughs> extremely, extremely and, different bullet. And that would explain the lack of damage to the face, because Correct. if you put the barrel directly to someone's head and pull the trigger, the entry wound is only going to be 9 millimeters. Right. Um, and I mean, yes, there's going to be damage and whatnot, but but you could cover that up fairly easy. Whereas the back of the head is going to have the exit wound, and that's going to be, you know, a pretty gaping hole. Right. But yeah, I mean, if you have a point blank, like literally a contact firing um, of a 9 millimeter, yeah, you could, you could cover that up. Yeah. If you know what you're doing. And if it's an impression in the in the head that's not an exit wound entrance wounds go in exit right. wounds go out right an impression right. means in. it's in right so someone probably put a gun up to her head and shot her right and everything that we see in this crime scene photo is not real. Is yeah, staged. And it, and it makes sense, too. It looks like it. It looks very much like it. It looks like a completely sanitary crime scene. Yep. And for it to be a worker's tent that apparently they said in the report was under construction. I don't see any evidence of that from these crime scene photos. That does not look like a tent that people are doing work in no right no and the the whole structure is up too yes and it's a big it's a massive tent complex i mean you know this isn't like a teepee this is again she'll probably post pictures you guys will see it's a tent like complex you know and there are multiple entrance and exits uh entrance ingresses and and egresses There are multiple entrances. Yes, there are multiple entrances and exits within this tent. So someone could have easily slipped in at one side or slipped out so nobody could see them. I mean, there's so much that could have been hidden and then ultimately covered up. Because, like you said, if an M9 is issued to officers, they have a, you know, pretty high rank. They can, they can make things happen. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I mean, infantrymen can, can carry a sidearm, but officers always carry a sidearm, 100% of the time. And they often won't carry a rifle, especially if they're on base, but they always have their sidearm. And in 2005 in Iraq, that would have been an M9. Yes, some of them may have still been carrying 1911s. The older, the older guys may have been carrying 1911s, uh, which you can also get a nine millimeter. So, but ninety percent of the time they're carrying an M9. So Watkins has a theory. I don't know how much of this theory I believe, but this is his theory. 
He believes that Lavina found out about an affair that was going on. Because in the military, you are not allowed to commit adultery. In common law, it is actually still on the books as a crime to commit adultery. It should be. But we don't actually try people for that. The military, however, does. So he says that she found out that a high-ranking service member was committing adultery and was going to snitch. (laughs) Right. And he believes that she entered this tent and found the two together and was ultimately killed i don't know how much of that i believe i think that it's a little far-fetched for her to have gone into the tent and like found them together because again if this is a work if this is a worker's tent that like people are coming in and out of all the time i don't think that somebody would be doing something like that there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think that possibly she was sexually assaulted by somebody the night before, which is why she didn't show up to that PT. Mm -hmm. And they brought her to the tent to be found there, to stage it, to look like she had committed suicide, clothed her, you know, did all these things to her, clothed her, put the M16 on her, and then said, oh, look at this woman, she committed suicide, so sad. Right. right. That's my personal belief. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly, the evidence certainly points to it. And as we've talked about, there's so much sexual assault, unfortunately, that happens in the military that goes unreported. Or that goes reported and nothing's done about it. Or it's reported and somebody is killed because of it. Right. Or they're going to report it and the perpetrator gets scared and kills them. Right, especially at this time, 2005. Yes. You could get away with a lot of crap back then. Yes. So, it's not so crazy to think that she was sexually assaulted by someone of a higher rank and that that person was either worried that she was going to tell or that she already was reporting it. I believe that they probably, like I said before, sexually assaulted her that night and right after killed her. Would make sense. The evidence clearly lines up with that. Because if they burned her genitals to cover DNA evidence, that wouldn't have been something that would have been done days after because that evidence would be gone within 72 hours. So it had to have been something that happened more recent to her death. And I don't know when the last time was that she was seen. I didn't see that in the witness statements. So that's again another piece of information that I would want to know. 
when was she last seen and why was she missing between 8 p.m. and the time she was found the next morning. There's a lot in this investigation report that was not looked at. They also found a footprint. They took an impression of it, and I couldn't find anything that came of that. I don't know if they even did any sort of analysis on it. Um, like I said, there were bloody footprints outside the tent. I don't know what they did with that. I didn't even see photos of that. When I was scrolling through the PDF before, did you notice any photos of footprints outside of the tent? No, in fact, I conspicuous. I took note of how conspicuously lacking there was of any evidence of foot traffic inside of the tent. There were tire marks outside the right, tent, right. but that was it. But as far as inside, there inside, were literally no tracks whatsoever. There were no tracks from even the, the, the medics. The staff examining her. Yeah. There's like a box of gloves, and that's it. And, and, the, the, and the gurney. And the gurney, yeah. yeah. I know. And, like, the box of gloves is full, and it doesn't look mangled, like, as if there was, you know, when when you're coming to the scene of trauma, and someone's, the back of someone's head is, is exploded, off, you're, <laughs> you're gonna rush, so that box is gonna appear mangled, you're gonna have ripped the gloves out of it. Even when I'm not in a rush with my gloves, <laughs> the box is mangled. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was literally, like, someone just went to, like... The supply cabinet and just grabbed a box, a pristine box of gloves, and set it next to her foot. Like, yeah. hey, look, there. Right. And the gurney wasn't used at all. No, <laughs> no, they hadn't. They hadn't put her on the gurney yet. Why was her arm still across her face? Why was her arm across her face? And I'm gonna speculate that it was to show no evidence that she did not have a gunshot wound in her mouth, right? Or to show that she had the broken nose. Because right, because yeah, the bottom of her nose is obscured. You can see the bridge of her nose, but you can't see the bottom of her nose at all. Right, and according to Watkins, the broken nose was shown in uh, photographs from the original autopsy, but apparently, according to the second autopsy, she had plastic surgery to fix that broken nose after her initial autopsy. What? Her nose was fixed after the autopsy? Another potential cover-up. What? Has that ever happened? I ever? Don't, I have not seen that happen. I mean, I get, like, that the, um... I get it that, like, the morticians for just regular uh, deaths will, like, do some makeup and stuff to... Yes. ...make the, the, the body appear... Whatever. Um, but like, have they ever, have you ever heard of plastic surgery being done to a nose? Nope. Never. Like, I mean, in the case that, you know, there's like a, like a massive trauma from a gunshot, like somebody does commit suicide with some kind of firearm, there's usually just a closed casket and they don't do anything. Correct. To pretty up the body. Correct. Uh, so why did they do plastic surgery to fix the nose? That's weird. Yeah. That's just weird. I mean, if any of you are, are morticians, let us know down in the comments, but that sounds weird to me. It sounds very <laughs> strange. But again, I think that it was just to cover up the fact that she had a broken nose. Right. Because again, if you're shooting yourself in the mouth, 
That's not going to break your nose. It's not going to break your nose. No. None of this lines up with an intraoral gunshot wound. No. None of this. Not at all. She had a black eye. That's not from an intraoral gunshot wound. No. No, because the soft palate at the top of your mouth contains that pressure and that, and that hot gas and whatnot. It's not going to cause your... It's not going to cause you to have a black eye. It'll cause your cheeks to puff... If your cheeks are still there. It's going to cause your cheeks to puff up and swell and your jaw to puff up and swell, again, if that material is still there. But it's not going to give you a black eye. Right. And it's certainly not going to give you one black eye. If you're going to get a black Ex- eye, you're going to get you're both get black both. eyes. Correct. Exactly what I was going to say. Yes. If somehow the gas finds its way up your nasal cavity and then into... Somehow right. into your, uh, you know, ocular space, it's not going to preferentially black black in one of your eyes. Right. <laughs> now, if you are shot at close range at one of your eyes, right, then, then that localizes the damage for correct. sure. Correct. So, or if she was hit with the pistol in the in the, in the head. Absolutely, the she eye. could have been hit. Yes, absolutely, she could have been. Absolutely. Hmm. And where is the bullet? Right. Where is the bullet? And it almost seems like that shell casing was like placed neatly under her. Because again, she didn't do this standing up. So there's no way that she fell under the shell casing. Onto the shell casing. Furthermore, furthermore, an M16 ejects its shell casing several feet away right. when it fires. It's not so just going to like full... If, yeah. Even if she was lying down and discharged the M16, it's not going to land under her... Like, even if she was standing and somehow did it, that shell casing is going to fly across the tent. It's it's not going to fall down and the shell, her leg. And the shell casing wouldn't end up behind her either. No. No, it's going to be across the tent. Correct. That's a, that's a fact. Correct. So how did it wind up underneath her? And where's the bullet? And where's the bullet? So now this is to all our listeners. Do you believe Lavina's death was suicide? Or do you think the scene was staged? Do you believe Lavina was sexually assaulted and killed to cover it up? Do you think something else may have happened inside that tent? Do you think Lavina was killed elsewhere and placed inside the tent? We want to know your thoughts about this case. Because we have many thoughts. A lot of people have many thoughts. And if you truly believe that this was a suicide, then you need to raise hell to get justice served for Lavina, and for her family. So, do you have any final words? Uh, I have different final words this time than last time. Last time I was really on the fence um, about what I think happened there. But this time I think that is an awful dump truck's worth of evidence to the contrary. I mean, the thing with the, with the corrosive materials on her genitalia, like, what? Where the does that come from? Her nose was broken. Her neck was broken. What the heck? Yeah, that is absolutely 100% shady business. She was attacked without a doubt. Even if you say, oh, well, she's a soldier, you know, 
you you get bumps and bruises. You wrestle around with your soldiers. You know your your buddies, whatever. You're not going to get a broken neck. You're not going to walk around with a broken neck. You know, like what the frig, man? And then yeah, the other stuff about her genitals, like no, this some there was some some was going on, hundred percent. Do you have a theory? I think your theory is about as close as it gets. Um, that she had been sexually assaulted yeah, possibly I mean, the evening if, before? Even if she caught someone in the middle of an affair. Like, so she catches uh, a guy and a girl, we assume, mm-hmm. at this point, because it's the military in 2005. Um, so, somehow, like, it just doesn't line up. It just doesn't line up. I agree. I, I think you're right. I absolutely think you're right. I mean, and then, like, her body was burned. Yes. And then she had clothes put on on top of the burns. Yes. That's literally a cover-up. Cur- like, if you, when you want to cover something That's up, you put a cover over it. Literally, That's, yes. Yeah, 100%. I think your theory is accurate. It had to be, it had to be said, because even if it wasn't a sexual assault, they just wanted to, hey, let's kill this girl because we're pieces of crap. Right. Um, why would they put lie on her genitals? Exactly. Like I said, unless that was meant purely to be like a torture thing, but I mean, in all of the stories that you hear about American soldiers from back then doing horrible things, that's never one of the ones that I've heard. Right. You know, they've they've cut people. Mm-hmm. You know, they've beaten people. Mm-hmm. They've waterboarded people. They've done you know, things to their whole, eyes. There was the Guantanamo Bay fingers. All the crap that happened in Guantanamo. Mm-hmm. Never were they pouring lie on women's genitals. So, there's only, <laughs> yeah, the fact that there was lie on her genitals, like, that's, that's gotta be a cover-up, uh, a cover-up for sexual assault. It's gotta be. I agree. Yeah, the cl- I mean, fact, this was not suicide. That's step one. We know that, we know that she did not kill herself from, from the, from the injuries that she had. That's a fact. It's just a question of whether or not it was a sexual assault, but I'm thinking it probably was. There's no history even in military misdeeds from the time of that being done to people. So this had to be done as a cover-up. So 100% was a homicide, 85% it was a sexual assault. Yeah, alright. I can stand by that. That sucks. I can't believe how any human can do that, especially someone who has dedicated themselves to protecting others. I know. Like, what the... And and, uh, that's literally what this entire month's worth of, of... of episodes is about is the the fact that these service members put their lives on the line to save the freedoms and the lives of others yet they can be so animalistic towards each other right i i just i i yeah, don't I understand i don't get it Especially with how much during boot camp they drill into you doing the right thing. Now, obviously, there's the whole full metal jacket effect where people will say that they they cause these people's minds to break because right. they drill them so hard. Right. But, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I just, I just don't get how you can, because you have to volunteer. We don't have a draft. Correct. You decided that you wanted to put your life on the line. Correct. To protect others. And it's not like you make a lot of money. <laughs> nope. Like people do this 
People join the military mostly because they want to serve. Correct. So how you can go from that to this mm -hmm. is mind-blowing. Yeah. And how we don't have a system in place to better identify this possibility and deal with it beforehand. Why so many people have to die in horrible freaking ways. Because, what, the system just doesn't want to acknowledge that it that it's at fault for this? We don't make bad soldiers, so we're going to cover these, these things up? But what about suicide? I mean... If you if you're if you're claiming that somebody committed suicide because they couldn't handle the pressures of the military, right? Then how you're, did you not identify exactly? That? Then you're then you're just as to blame. Just as guilty, absolutely. I, I mean, right, right? To say that you couldn't help them, you know, we have mental health organizations within the military, but from what I've heard, they do not help. Right. They do not help. No, because they don't acknowledge the problem. Right. I mean, we're so, just at the point where they're acknowledging PTSD. Exactly. And it's been 5,000 years <laughs> since people have been killing one another with weapons. And we're just now getting to the point of like, oh, hey, maybe that messes with your head. Right. Right. So we want to know your thoughts. Yeah. Let, let us, us know what you think. Let us know what you think about this case. Let us know if you think it's 185 or if it's 195. Because it's definitely 100. <laughs> That's for sure. There's no question. But yeah, let us know. Yeah. And I want to I wanna hear, like, like Dan's opinion changed from oh, last yeah. episode to this episode. So we want to know... Yeah, well, if... you started this episode with literally a bombshell. I know. So... <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> so yeah, we want to know if, you're, if your mind's changed from the evidence that we presented in episode 19 versus what we presented in episode 20. Or if you felt from the beginning that this was potentially a cover-up. Or if you still believe that it's suicide and this is all just a conspiracy. Right. Um, that's a valid opinion as well. I'm not on that side. <laughs> Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Absolutely. And we, we want to know your opinions. So head over to our Instagram at Blackbird Advocacy and let us know what you think. And once this is up on our YouTube channel, you can also leave it in the comments there of what you believe is really going on here. And uh, as always, the resources for this episode will be in the show notes. So that investigative report from the crime scene itself will be put into the show notes. So you guys can take a look at the photos yourself. Um you can see everything that we talked about, you know, the bench and the tent and uh, all the photos of the, the the aerosol can and just, you know, all the crime scene photos. And you can read the witness statements and, um, you know, get a better understanding of what this case was about and, and maybe have a, a better handle on what you think happened. So that's it for this episode. It was a big one. It was a big one. <laughs> well, it's episode 20. Yeah. Go big or go, go home. Bigger. Go back to 19. <laughs> I mean, we're already home, so. Yeah. Can't really do that. But anyway, if you or someone you know has a story that you would like to share on Blackbird, you can email us at blackbirdadvocacy at gmail.com. You can DM us on Instagram at Blackbird Advocacy. 
You can find us on Twitter at Blackbird underscore pod. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on TikTok. You can find us on Facebook. We're everywhere. We're taking over. We're everywhere. And of course, you can find us on all the major podcast platforms. And we would love if you could give us a review. And we would love if you could share our podcast with friends and family or anybody on your social media, because these are really important topics. And we really need to get these conversations going much more than they have been. Because the more people understand these topics, the more change we can see. Absolutely. 100%. It's the only way that we're going to change anything in this world is by talking about it. Absolutely. So on that note, stay safe. Be aware of your surroundings. And continue to social distance if you can. Go hiking. People like to hike. I'm not really a huge hiking fan, but hiking is a great way to not be around other people. Except like the people that you live with, and that's okay. Because you don't really have to socially distance from them. No. So go hiking. Go whitewater rafting. Ooh, yeah. That's another good one. That's a good one. Um, Mountain biking. Mountain biking. Yep. By definition, you're acquiring distance from others Correct. when you do that. So Correct. So that's another good one. Yeah. Uh, skiing. Snowboarding. Um, camping. Just in general. Camping's a good just, one. Just out in the yeah. wilderness. There's 100,046.5 things that you can do. Don't crowd into, like, a bar. Don't go to the bar. Drink at home. <laughs> it's cheaper. <laughs> It's so much cheaper. And if you are going to a house party, remain six feet away and wear your mask. And don't touch a lot of things. If you're touching things, put hand sanitizer on. Because you're bound to touch your face after you touch some things. Yep. yep. And that's how you get sick. Exactly. That's how you get sick. Social distance. Yes. No so- face touching. No face touching. He is not a face toucher. Social distance. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Stay at home as much as you can. And hopefully this pandemic will end soon. For all the people who are not wearing masks, you, and I'm, I'm calling you out, I don't care. Mm. You are the reason this is continuing. And you are the reason that businesses cannot open. And you are the reason that people are dying. And I don't care that you're going to say, oh, she's blaming me because, because it's true. (laughs) Wear a mask. Yeah. It's a little inconvenience to save lives. Wear a mask. Yeah. It's been eight months. That's enough. That's enough. Yeah. I don't want to go into 2021. With this continuing, wear a mask. Okay, thanks, guys. We are Pod Jerky, two Canadian buddies serving up multi flavored audio jerky in every episode. If you like good times, strong coffee, maple syrup, swamp donkeys, hockey, the outdoors, common sense, dogs, conspiracy theories, sports, and life in general, then subscribe and follow our podcast and check out our social media channel at Pod Jerky. Pod Jerky. Make it a double.